Welcome to the Mental Health Hour. Uh, this is episode 62. 62 episodes. Today we're discussing implicit and explicit memories. I believe this was a viewer request. Is that right? It was. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Okay. So we do like to do uh, viewer request episodes, so please... Um, Go ahead and if you have a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about on the show, we're always open for suggestions, um, especially we, we, uh, we like doing viewer requested episodes because it's more engaging. Um, and uh, some of them, like today, I'm not as well spun up on, mm. but um, that's part of the fun of doing the show is getting more you know knowledge more research done hattie good evening good to see you thanks for being here there's blaine and tracy coming in hello to everybody coming in to the stream it's good to see you guys like i said today we'll be talking about implicit and explicit memories um so essentially as i was talking with Gemma before the the show. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, this is a, an episode about long-term memory um, because both of those implicit and explicit memories fall under uh, long-term memory. Blaine is listening while he works. Very good, Blaine. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. Um, Danny Bruno, hello, hello, everybody. Thanks for coming in and joining us again for another episode. Um, so, Gemma, how are you doing this week? Um, certainly better than I was last week. And my voice is back to normal. <laughs> Always a good thing. Um, not too bad. Not too bad. The heat wave that we've had has been killing me, but other than that. Uh, yes, I should probably mention it now. Good evening, Michael Joseph Murray. Good to see you. Um, should go ahead and mention this, get it out of the way, just in case anything does happen. Um, as, as you guys know, who've been watching, uh, every week, we've been up against it here recently, um, with, with Penelope, uh, not cooperating with our quiet on set rule. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, tonight we have some wild thunderstorms coming through my area so um we've had one power outage uh just about probably about a half hour ago but it's still raining pretty good right now so just in case anything does happen i'll be right back on so we'll figure it out <laughs> but with that all said i'm sure um everything will be fine so and for now penelope's fast asleep as well I feel like I should say that every time, too, just to wake her up, you know? Don't jinx it. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and start off the evening. Uh, Gemma, what do you have for us as far as, can you give us a, a starting point on implicit and explicit? Um, yeah, so I had to, like, obviously refresh a little bit because I, when you're talking about memories, you don't automatically call them and label them 
implicit and explicit memories. Although the way that I do remember explicit, you think about explicit being uncensored and just everything, all the bad stuff, like explicit language, explicit content. And that is literally the way to put it with when it comes to your memories. Explicit memories are like the things that you are like consciously aware of all the time. And they can often be, uh, certainly as I find, the bad things that have happened to you, like the, the memories from the past that are there all the time. Um, and that that's usually like, that's usually the way I think of it because yes. generally as a rule, the things you don't want to remember from your past are usually the things you can remember. Um, because when it comes to memories and things that have been traumatic for you, you can usually remember them pretty well. Yes, we've done several episodes on trauma. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, last week we did, we touched on triggers, which delved into trauma, which is all explicit memories. Um, uh, basically, what I've learned, I mean, from the research I've done, Im implicit is kind of that intuitive long-term memory, that intuition, the the um, the stuff that you never forget, like, you know how they say, just like riding a bike. Um, all of those memories that are just like riding a bike, um, mm -hmm. you know, these are, these are the uh, implicit memories. Um, and then explicit memories are things that you have to try and remember or i don't want to say struggle to remember mm -hmm. but uh i saw this and thought this was um helpful um two examples of explicit memory would be called semantic memory which is um like know that word boat refers to a watercraft of varying sizes so mm -hmm. uh, or when you recall that uh, Washington DC is the capital of the United States of America. You're pulling that from your memory bank and um, it's not just like intuitive. Yeah, uh, so like facts and your general knowledge. learned thing, yes, indeed. Yeah. Ray of Sunshine is here. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for stopping in. Um, and the second type of explicit memory is, is called episodic memory. So you remember the trip to London you took with your two best friends a couple of years ago, or you remember or think about uh, your high school graduation ceremony, or recall a great dinner that you had at a favorite restaurant. These memories that you have to pull from that file system that I talked about uh, a while ago, uh, your brain with good memories like that, you can timestamp it and file it away and mm -hmm. pull it out think about it that's explicit memories or episodic yeah. memory or semantic memory uh, yeah. as it were. like personally experienced events they class mm -hmm. that. yeah yeah so it, it, yeah exactly it's either a learned behavior or a, lear a learned fact or mm -hmm. it's a, an experienced um, event yeah so what does that mean for tonight what do we what are we getting into, Gemma? What are, what are we what are we explaining about 
other than just uh, just a concept overview? Um, just to delve into um, like the difference, I know that the um, the viewer that requested it, um, without giving away who it was, obviously we don't sure. do that. They wanted to. Um, apparently, they'd. I, I, I've been given permission to discuss this because I spoke to them. Uh, they wanted to discuss the differences of it because they've been going through some counselling and going through the different types of memories. Um, Apparently, it's down to some memory loss, which I've also experienced due to, um, like, trauma and things. And they wanted to discuss the difference. Apparently, it was mentioned within their counselling sessions. And they wanted to discuss what the differences were, like, between them and how how we can, like, what's what. and just, so how, just it, how it pertains more so to traumatic uh, memories or yeah. events than good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that that sort of thing, and then what? Basically, what, like what they are and how it relates to you, how it relates to the things you've been through, and um, just like to break it down, really. Yeah. Because it absolutely. can be quite overwhelming. Because we don't think of memories as when you think of a memory, you just think of it as a memory or a good or a bad memory. But there are so many different ways to break them down. Mm. Um, another quick shout out to Tony D and uh, Joker, Steve. Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming in. Tony D should actually be uh, streaming live right now as well over on the Nonsensical Nonsense podcast. Um, so go check them out as well after you're done with us, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, those guys are pretty awesome. And... Uh, Definitely give them a listen and a follow as well. Um, and speaking of that, I guess we kind of jump past that. Please uh, also, uh, Hattie just had up our bio link. Um, I'll throw that up again. Go ahead and hit up our bio link. All of our socials are on there. If you enjoy the content, if you enjoy the mental health hour, if you enjoy the community we bring here, please give us a follow across all platforms especially Spotify right now, because we've just jumped into the podcasting game. Now, they're available on most every podcast network, but uh, Spotify has some incentives. If we reach some followers and what have you, we can promote it better and mm -hmm. uh, maybe reach uh, a larger audience. So we need your help, if you wouldn't mind uh, following us on Spotify. The link's in the uh, bio link. Uh, and we can try and broaden this even further. Um, so we appreciate everybody coming through every week. Uh, but back to the topic at hand. Uh, so we've kind of gone over a little bit, a brief overview of implicit and explicit memories. And the big thing to remember, uh, as I said earlier, is that implicit and explicit memories are both a part of the long-term memory system. Um, so you have three different types of memory. You have sensory short-term and long-term, okay? And the implicit explicit falls under long-term. We're not going to get into sensory. We're not going to get into short-term because those are two different shows in themselves. Uh, so we're focusing essentially on long-term memory. And then maybe at, towards the end, we could go over some of the effects of these traumas or whatever we um, 
do in our lives that can affect our long-term memory in the end, towards the end of life, with things mm. such as Alzheimer's, dementia, um, etc. Um, Macy says, I love listening on Spotify. It puts me to sleep in a good way. Awesome. I am happy to hear that. Um, that is great. And uh, if, uh, if you could push it out to all your friends, yeah, throw it on your social. Uh, throw it up on any of your Facebooks or tweeters or what have you. Uh, can you listen to podcasts on Spotify and free app? Yes. Uh, as far as I have been, as far as I know, I have no subscription necessary for these podcasts. They're all free. Um, at, at the beginning, I think it was trying to make me have at least one episode. It was doing a, a mandatory thing where you have to have one episode checked as a subscription only. And I think I got around that by putting some BS uh, intro music or something on there and made that one subscription. Um, yeah. um, a really quick one as well. Um, I have it in my Discord, but I'll add it into the Mental Health Hour as well. Um, there is a bot that you can add to the Discord. And if you run it through the Discord, if you haven't got a subscription and it doesn't let you listen to it, if you run it through the Discord, it will let you listen to it in its entirety for free with no ads. So I will add that. That is a get around as well. And it still registers as a listen to the Spotify. Awesome. So uh, that's a workaround as well. Awesome. And thank you, Hattie. Hattie's dropped the Spotify link in there for your convenience it makes it nice and easy to swing on over there and at least hit that follow button for us that way mm -hmm. we can start building up on that and uh promote this further which is the end game we want to be bigger and reach more people and we're uh, hoping to record some on there aren't we that are just for spotify and stuff yes uh that is in the works if uh things take off there then we will certainly be doing some bonus content on there and definitely getting back to the YouTube shorts as well. Yeah. Um, so let's take a look at a slide here, slide or two. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a brief overview and get a little bit more in-depth uh, long-term memory. Gemma, if you could take it away. Uh, yeah. So we have long-term memory, uh, which covers both of these, as Tim has already said, and then implicit memory. So unconscious retrieval, nonverbal, procedural, so it's learned skills and tasks, emotionally and somatically based, and priming, exposure to stimulus affects future responses. And then explicit memory is a conscious retrieval, verbal, declarative, so events and facts, semantic, so general knowledge of the world and episodic recall of personal events and experiences. So there you have basically what I was saying. Mm -hmm. um, when I went over explicit uh, briefly, the semantic and episodic mm -hmm. are the two types there. Um, another thing to note is that Implicit and explicit memory is also, it, it goes by a different name too. As you see here on the slide, declarative, uh, under explicit memory, it says declarative uh, events and facts. Um, these are all, 
this is another name that explicit memory goes by, declarative yeah. memory. Um, yeah. Whereas implicit has the procedural, as you see over on the other side. So you may not hear it called implicit, explicit. Um, from what I've been reading, a lot of times it is just implicit, explicit, but sometimes they have it written um, and verb written out as procedural or declarative. The way I have it um, when I was going into it further, procedural memory is like your motor and your cognitive skills, and then mm -hmm. um, priming, uh, enhanced. So it's like objects or words, and then um, the other one, learning through classical, uh, through um, classical. I can't read my own writing. Classical conducting. So um, it breaks down the implicit into three again, and then the explicit, like you said, semantic, which is facts and general knowledge, and episodic, which is um, personally experienced events like your holiday, things like that. So yeah. um, it's like a further breakdown of that again. Yes. Um, let's go on to slide number two. Just some mm -hmm. more info. Yeah. So explicit memory are encoded to are encoded to memory and later retrieved. Are often formed deliberately through rehearsal can be encoded unconsciously and tied to emotions and may be drawn into awareness through associations. And then implicit memory becomes automatic over time with repetition, begins with learning skills and mastering a task, can result in priming or responding the same way to similar stimuli and is often dependent on context and cues. So another thing that when I was like looking into um, like ways of giving you like examples and things, mm -hmm. um, it, like most people here, because you're doing it now, you can type on your phone, on a keyboard, and uh, we, can, we can do that, um, and that is an implicit memory because we're doing it, we're just doing it. However, if somebody gave you a blank keyboard with the keys but nothing written on it, you'd know where some of them were because of it's like an automatic thing. It's like muscle memory. It's, you know where to go for certain things. But there's, I'm pretty sure that 99% of people wouldn't be able to fill in every single key because that's when it becomes then your explicit memory and you're trying to have yeah. you, you have to try and remember the things whereas when you're typing it becomes automatic because it's something that you've been doing for that long you just know how to do it and you know for for the most part you will know where to go for certain keys even if you can't touch type yeah for a lot of it you will know where to go for these that's keys a, that's a good uh that's a perfect example mm -hmm. uh, of using both implicit and explicit memory at the same time mm -hmm. um, or doing the same task. Like that's, that's pretty good. I didn't think about that, how it is pretty intuitive when you're typing on the regular keyboard where the letters are, but yeah, yeah trying to get to everything else might not be muscle memory, which is, yeah. um, which is what implicit memory is. It's that muscle memory. Um, mm -hmm. Another term for it. Uh, so yeah, it often depends on context or cues for implicit. Um, 
not really much more to say um, on, you know, what those two are. What is implicit and what is explicit memory? I think we've covered it pretty well, uh, but we do have, uh, does your video, Gemma has a few videos, uh, just two. Yeah, short. a couple, yeah. Let but, me uh, uh, I guess, do they go over the, the terms or is it something else? Um, yeah, they go over it a little bit more. Let me just bring it up. Um, go on to full screen. Hello, Craig, by the way. I see you popping in. Thanks for joining us. Screen. Share. All right, here we go. Declarative memory is a broad term which can include both episodic and semantic memory. An easy way to remember declarative memory is that you declare or communicate your memory to another. For example, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That is a declarative tidbit that some of you may have learned in school. Two other distinctions in the types of memory are explicit memory and implicit memory. Some psychologists refer to declarative memory as a type of explicit memory. Again, this is our ability to consciously recall facts and events. So we would say in some cases that semantic and episodic memories are types of explicit memory. We're able to describe and recall events and things that we've learned in the past. Now let's go take a closer look at implicit memory. So implicit memory is also called non-declarative memory because we cannot directly recall this type of memory. Implicit memory is a kind of memory that's made up of knowledge based on previous experiences, such as skills that we perform automatically once we've mastered them. Implicit memory resides outside of our conscious awareness. So for implicit memory, we know how to do something, for example, ride a bike, but it's difficult to describe how we can perform the skills we know how to do so well. For example, I know how to scuba dive, and I love to dive, but it's difficult for me to describe how you swim through the water, make sure you're weighted right, have to inflate or deflate your BCD. It's something you have to experience for yourself. On the other hand, Susan knows how to knit, and she can knit really pretty scarves, but if you ask her how to explain it or give you step-by-step -step instructions like I have, it's hard for her to do that. So for the example of Susan and knowing how to knit, she has to know where her fingers belong, where the needles go, and how to move the yarn around. This is an example of procedural memory. So procedural memory refers to the knowledge we hold for almost any behavior or physical skill we've learned. Again, this could be things like driving a manual transmission car, knitting, scuba diving, playing hockey, or any sport. Priming is another type of implicit memory. Priming occurs when recall is improved by prior exposure to the same or similar stimuli. In fact, memory is better for information that relates to prior knowledge. Right on. So, implicit, explicit, procedural, declarative, non-declarative, um, all the same thing and all a part of our long-term memory. Mm -hmm. um, so, moving forward, now that we've kind of covered what, um, what those two are, let's take a look briefly at our long-term memory system and get a kind of understanding on that um, so we can better understand how, you know, the implicit and explicit 
memory reactor interact, I should say, with, uh, with the long-term memory. Um, let me go to the systems first, Gemma, yeah, if you would. Yeah, let's bring it up. All right. Yeah, so again, long-term memory systems. We have procedural memory, priming, perceptual memory, semantic memory, and episodic autobiographical memory, nearly. Um, episodic is fine. Yeah. They've so, always got to throw you a curveball there, don't they? Yeah, always. Procedural memory stands for mechanical or motor-related skills. Priming means a higher probability of recognizing previously perce perceived information. So like like with that, it shows you the, the picture of the rhino. Like if you see something like a familiar, like a shadow or a familiar object that's maybe something that's like out of focus or partly there you will know what it is just by seeing part of it like for example you can do these quizzes and things online where you can see maybe a celebrity's eyes or something or even if you see a friend or family member a part of them because you recognize them you chances are you will know it's them just by seeing a part of it perceptual memory refers to recognition of stimuli and is judged and i've just swiped out there we go as um sorry i'll start again perceptual memory refers to the recognition of stimuli and is related to familiar familiarity judgments oh my goodness my teeth Put them back in. Semantic memory is orientated to the present and represents general context-free facts. And then EAM is the conjunction of subjective time. Auto you yeah, okay. Autonoic autonomic consciousness. Consciousness and experiencing self. Oh, uh, the bunny mom is in the house. Thanks for the resub. It's like, you. oh, hey, Ella. And it's like with that one, like, it says remembering things like um, you on their sister's wedding, friends and family's birthdays, items on your grocery list, things that you can just remember that, are, like, specifically with a date or something something that's the same every year you get to know it and things like that so that's that's yeah. another example absolutely um so <clears throat> this is a brief look at um all the different types of long-term memory um and how long-term memory breaks down uh mm -hmm. procedural uh is obviously a big one um, and they touched on priming in the video. Uh, it means a higher probability of recognizing previously perceived information. Uh, I'll have to look more into that one. Um, but procedural, you know, the, the daily grind, if you will, the, 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 the stuff that you do without even thinking about it, like waking up, uh, brushing your teeth, doing your morning routine, uh, 
a lot of us have a daily routine in the morning, especially that we could probably do with our eyes closed. I know, um, uh, you know, before I was transferred to a different firehouse, I was at station three for uh, seven years and I could have got out of bed in the middle of the night, pitch black and gone to the bathroom and gotten back to my bunk with 10 other guys sleeping in there uh, with my eyes closed. I was there for so long. It, it was, it was just intuitive at that point. Mm-hmm. It, it's these things that are the procedural, uh, uh, what it's talking about. And we touched on episodic as well. Um, when you're recalling a good trip to London or, uh, you know, a fun time at a water park or a uh, roller coaster, um, the hell I call those theme parks. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So things like that. Um, and again, welcome to Ella, the bunny mom. Uh, thanks again for the sub guys. We appreciate all sub bits, mm-hmm. likes, follows, shares, all kinds of uh, anything you want to do to help promote us uh, and get our message out there is awesome. And we appreciate that. I, I always, I usually say with the bits and stuff that you guys donate, all of that goes right back into the show, buys us things like the StreamYard subscription and all of that. So we can try and make the show better. Um, mm-hmm. And with that said, we also listen to all feedback. Uh, I know Hattie's thrown it in the comments for us a few times, the discord and the bio link. Um, but please head on over there and uh, let us know what we can do um, and join the community. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a great community of folks. I pre- everybody that's in the chat, I believe is over there. Um, and it's yeah. a good space. Yeah, definitely. And um, hopefully uh, getting uh, stronger and growing as it goes on, which is why it's like why we want to promote the um, Spotify. It's just a way of getting, I guess, more people to uh, hear. Yes, it's uh, and, certainly a lot easier to push out a podcast, an audio-based podcast versus mm-hmm. uh, trying to build a twitch following i think oh, gosh. yeah that's that's definitely the hard thing i think trying to get a following in general is pretty hard yeah and so um, ella brings up um something similar to kind of what you were talking about Gemma. Um, mm-hmm. muscle memory with strumming and guitar playing the piano um yeah so that is something that was a learned and explicit thing for at first but then now you know which frets to go to without even looking or which keys to play um chords etc with with your musical instrument um and yeah that becomes muscle memory you just automatically know where those keys are where the frets are on the guitar neck and Mm -hmm. uh and uh, next thing you know you're pumping out songs without even needing to read music essentially same as like language as well like at the moment like we're speaking english that is an implicit memory because we know how to do it but if we are learning another language then we have to draw on the uh, explicit memory and try and to learn that till it becomes something that we can do without thinking about it like now as we are learning it as children and it becomes something it's like 
I remember when I had Thomas and he was younger and I used to think to myself all the time, I can't wait till he can talk. Now I think regularly, I wish you'd just shut up. <laughs> but they pick up so much just by like They're listening fun. to people and the all, all sorts of ways to pick it up. And they say that it is a lot easier for a child to learn new language than it is as adults. And it's to do with the way that our brain functions and stuff. Yeah. But um, it yeah, is they're, like, they're sponges. They're, they absorb yeah. everything that's going on. I see it with Penelope already. Very much. Um, Very Jeremy, much. it's good to see you. Thanks for coming on by. Appreciate everybody being here as always, as we always say. Um, another good example from Danny Bruno there was driving uh, stick, stick shift, mm. or manual transmission vehicle. Um, it becomes muscle memory. It becomes intuitive. Um, once again, uh, Hattie, thank you for throwing up all the info that we're discussing as far as yeah. the circles and what have you for joining our lovely communities. And hopefully we can become an implicit memory for you as well. How about that? Uh, I wanted to go over, oh, we got uh, one more quick slide. Um, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, decline in long-term memory. But mm -hmm. but first, let's go over this, Gemma, if you would, please. Yeah. Just open that up. Oops. Right, okay. So all these words, hippocampus and long-term memory formation. <laughs> I, I like saw the, you grinning at that one there. It's I'm almost like... like the person that decides which slides he wants to put on the show uh, is, is doing this on purpose. It is. It's like they're doing it on purpose just to see if I can do it. <laughs> oh, dear. It's like a language test. <laughs> the brain stores implicit memories in two main places, the hippocampal formation and the neocortex. The hippocampus is part of the brain known to be required for long-term memory formation. Lesions to the hippocampus have been Oh my goodness, can, go on, can, no. can you're going to have to. Oh, canonically, can, canonically. Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> that would, thought to prevent the consolidation from short-term to long-term memory. So if something's canon, it's uh, set in stone. It's, yeah. um, it's true fact. It's 100%. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it serves to reactive patterns of cortical activity that encode memory content, hence resulting an experience of memory. Some studies say that the hippocampus will always be required to retrieve long-term episodic memories. Other studies also reveal that the hippocampus can form active memories quickly while the cortex helps to stabilize these memories. So I'm not going to lie. I saw this slide while I was finding some good uh, graphics for tonight's episode, and I had to put this one in uh, just reading some of the blur. Uh, I find it, you know, fun. Fun watching me try to say them, you mean? Watch you trip and fall and stumble over all these 
uh, words. Oh, why it's, not? It's um, it, it makes for uh, for some light heartedness to the broadcast. I think. Why not? Why not? I don't mind. I don't mind. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're talking about some pretty serious shit, like some really downer shit too. Yeah. And you know, listening to you try and say hippocampal or or neocortex, you know, that that could uh help lighten the mood a little bit. Anyway, well, happy uh, to uh, be that mood lightener if that's it what it takes. <laughs> it is important though to point out that you know the hippocampus, the the area highlighted in green there on the on the graphic, uh, is responsible for all these long-term memories it's kind of that mm-hmm. epicenter for uh, when i talk about when we're discussing traumatic events um there your traumatic events are not making it there not making it all the way into the file system they're they're buzzing around up up top here and staying in the now as we've discussed um Whereas your good memories and stuff are being filed away in that hippocampus and able to be retrieved explicit memories um, when needed. Uh, So the hippocampus, um, I'm not by any way, shape or form. uh, And probably one of the reasons this episode wasn't my forte, uh, the brain. I, I don't know how long I would have to go to school to understand even remotely 10% of what goes on in our brains. Yeah, it's so complex. You know, I've met some people on my uh, path of recovery along the way, counselors, uh, trauma, specifically the trauma um, clinicians, as they call them today, uh, that are just mind wizards. They get it. They know exactly what's going on up there and they know where to poke prod and pull out all of this deep dark shit uh to help you process in the end to help you process that event which is what needs to be done um we talked about it last week with triggers and what have you uh distraction is good if it's used like anything else in moderation um that that's a key factor with distraction um, so it's our go-to, a lot of us, uh, I wouldn't say everybody, but a good majority use distraction techniques when, you know, some bad shit's happening, uh, oh, yeah. when you're going through it, if you will, uh, you want to maybe hop on a live stream or, uh, talk with friends or mm-hmm. et cetera, watch TV. Uh, the, you know, anything to distract those racing thoughts and those intrusive thoughts and those negative thoughts that are constantly buzzing around in your head because of some event that has taken place or uh, whatever it may be. Uh, distraction can be helpful if it's done in a uh, healthy manner uh, because if we start distracting too much, then we become uh, uh, detached from it. We're not processing it and it's always going to be there. It's never going to go away. uh, Essentially is what I'm trying to say. So 
I, I think I, I can't even remember how I put it last week. I was just on a, a roll and it came out and I liked what I said. Uh, it was something along the lines of distraction turns to um, detachment, turns to isolation, turns to uh, severe depression, something along those lines. Um, and that's the, true. The exact quote uh, from whatever I was rolling out there is on last week's episode with triggers. Um, but I, I listened to that back and I was like, man, that was good. <laughs> we got to keep that, keep that around. Um, and are that there... was an example of an implicit memory that turned into an explicit memory because now you can no longer recall it. So there we go. <laughs> there it is. And yeah. <laughs> in, the, in motion. Are there suggestions oh. of how to file away traumatic events? Ella asks. Uh, the image um, of my mom's flatline picture. That's a yeah, that's, perfect question. Um, a perfect uh, thing to discuss. And I've we've we've touched on, we've definitely gone into it. Trauma processing is a mm -hmm. work of art. It is done by what I assume to be very gifted people. Uh, or what I perceive, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say assume. Um, I perceive them as very gifted people because to me, you have to be some kind of uh, savant to understand how the brain works. But that's just the way my brain works. I, I, it's a little complex for me, but it might be simple for them. You know, it might fall right into their wheelhouse. But anywho, uh, that's besides the point. Uh, Jim, Jim in Chicagoland, welcome to the broadcast. Um, but back to Ella's question. So I had to work on that. And that was like the biggest piece of the pie, the biggest piece of the puzzle missing from my uh, start to sobriety was these traumas that I've been through, uh, whether it be shit that I see on the job or uh, personal stuff like my divorce, which I had a huge uh, trouble processing and getting over um you, you have to work with somebody uh to uh go over things and we have we, we could probably do a whole episode on this to be honest with you but there's there's different things that we've touched on in the past like emdr um i i can't remember what eye movement desensitization reprocessing something like that um it's a part of trauma processing. If, if you find yourself a good trauma clinician, somebody EMDR. that... EMDR, yes. Yeah, eye movement desensitization repro reprocessing. It, basically what it is, is it's a big, long, fancy word for uh, somebody talking to you while, while you watch a light go back and forth with your eyes. And it pulls out all kinds mm -hmm. of other shit that you wouldn't even... It's not hypnotism, but it's like, you know, along those lines. Um, but anyway, uh, you, you got to get with a trauma clinician, somebody that's There's deals specifically well. a counselor mm. that deals specifically with traumatic events and understands how to pull out, um, uh, what, what you need. Uh, it, it's called, they do something called Socratic questioning. Um, or at least that's what I did, uh, along with my trauma clinician when we were reprocessing yeah. my traumatic experience. 
Um, but that really has to had to be done because I wasn't able to do it on my own. And it was always mm-hmm. just now I was distracting too much and I was self-medicating to forget. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously I wasn't handling it correctly. Uh, and you had something to say, Gemma. I think I stepped on you. No, you're fine. Um, one of the things that you can do as well, which I'm, I've been doing with my uh, therapist, and you can do on your by yourself once you've, I guess, initially done it with somebody. But like you, you, you can pick it up by yourself. Uh, tapping and things, um, and it's a, it's like um, it's kind of a distractive thing, but it's about getting the uh, the brain to refocus again on not on the bad things but getting it to distract the brain and then focus on the here and now and um some of the stuff that you have to do is absurd to be fun to be quite honest uh maybe when we're doing i haven't got it with me now but maybe i can go through it in one of the lives Mm -hmm. um another time but it's to do with like like you have pressure points and things and you're doing tapping like over your eyebrows and like on cheeks um, in like in here and things that um, might be a part of EMDR yeah and it's a way it's, you it's say certain things so, yeah it's it's very similar and it, you say certain things you can make your own um, I'm trying to think of the word now but it's like you make your own um, oh god what am I trying to think script for want of a better way of putting it so what you want to focus on so like for me um, it's like, say for example, um, like what with well, like what Ella said about um, the um, processing the um, the traumatic events that she went through. Um, like I don't want like saying things like I don't want to feel like this. It's okay to feel like this. I accept and I acknowledge what's happened. It's just processing. You got you can r- script your own thing for each event or for each thing you want to overcome shall we say and do it it's like they're they're in different stages and you can go through it all um like going through different parts of your body tapping and things and then um it's it quite literally is about like if you find yourself where you are maybe not quite not in crisis but like getting to that stage and you want to distract from it take yourself away from that and then put yourself back on a path that isn't as distressing Mm -hmm. um it's about another way of like mindfulness and about Mm -hmm. exactly those are mindfulness uh techniques as well yeah but um definitely I can send you something to help maybe with that, hopefully. Yes. Ella, yeah. But um, certainly real quick. So uh, Ella, said, <laughs> Ella said, I think I need a, a good old-fashioned slap instead of some tapping. Really, that trauma processing with a, with a certified uh, count- mm-hmm. psychologist, counselor, clinician uh, that is – specializes in traumatic events and the traumatic brain and how that works is a is just what you're talking about it is a slap across the face a a good old-fashioned slap but it's a metaphorical one it it slaps you without even being touched you know you just walk out of the room what the hell just happened but you feel 
like 30 pounds lighter. Um, and by the time you're done with it, you, you, you're letting all that stuff go. It's basically traumatic events and stuff just stay with us. Like our, our uh, fists are clenched 24 mm-hmm. seven. And then you finally process it and you work with alongside someone or with EMDR or in conjunction with um, hypnotism and tapping and shit like that. And it finally releases. And then it's like, holy shit. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to, I was able to then go forth with uh, starting a, a life of sobriety because, you know, like I've talked about a hundred times, I, I had to understand what the hell was going on with me first. If my I wasn't, I wasn't able to get over anything or let alone take on the, uh, uh, the very important step one of AA, accepting that my life has become unmanageable and that my life, I, I was out of control, essentially. Uh, I wasn't allowing myself to fully come to terms with that until I really saw what was going on inside of me, you know? Mm-hmm. But that would be my suggestion. And kind of with uh, what Danny was saying about, you know, hypnotism, uh, to, to be used in like uh, quitting smoking, for example. The uh, I think I don't have anything against hypnotism. I don't think uh, any type of mental health treatment or uh, whatever should be taken lightly or 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 bashed. If you if you don't believe in hypnotism, that's one that's fine. But some mm-hmm. people uh, find a lot of comfort in it. And uh, I'm all about anything that helps you. Um, And so these types of things, though, I believe should be done in conjunction, you know, hypnotism and the tapping and what have you should be done alongside some actual uh, therapy, some actual sit down, talk it out, Mm -hmm. uh, let this person climb inside your mind like you wouldn't believe uh, and then you know, do the other stuff along with it. Uh, mindfulness walks, uh, all the, all the grounding techniques we talked about. Distraction is fine, you know, in moderation. Don't let it get, don't let it become all you do is distract, 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 just to keep, you know, from all these. It doesn't work long-term. It really doesn't. Not. No. I just wanted to touch briefly before we wrap up. I wanted Mm -hmm. to touch on, um, uh, the decline of uh, long-term memory, uh, the, the, the basic, uh, and we will be, I've already written it down on our list after doing some research for this show. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm digging the thought of a long-term memory um, towards the later years of life. Uh, you know, what happens, how it degrades, how it breaks down, um, what goes on throughout the years, uh, you know, whether it be disease or just time, because time in and of itself can um, affect our long-term memory, obviously, especially if it's not something that we do intuitively. Yeah. Um, But memories are fragile, it says. Uh, and this is coming from Very Well Mind. It's one of my favorite sites as far as anything um, mental health goes. Uh, memories can be surprisingly fragile. 
and susceptible to change. Um, in one of uh, her most famous experiments, blah, blah, blah. Why is long-term memory so susceptible to inaccuracies? In some cases, people miss important details about events um, that can uh, take away from the memory itself. Um, and then a couple of questions that briefly will go hit. How does, uh, or how long does short, um, long-term, bleh, let me try that again. How long does long-term memory last? Um, and it, it said uh, that it can last a lifetime, um, well, but to be considered long-term memory, it's usually anything over um, a few days. Implicit memories, uh, oh, and which type of long-term memory is most resistant to loss? Uh, implicit memory, the intuitive stuff, is most resistant to the memory loss. Um, the stuff that you do without even thinking about it. It makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, the stuff that mm -hmm. you do without even thinking about it is what you're going to retain the longest, whereas those, those explicit memories that you have to pull from the hippocampus um, uh, will be the first to degrade and uh, waste away with time. And lastly, how can I improve my long-term memory? I think somebody asked that in chat uh, mm -hmm. earlier in the episode. Is there things we can do to keep our long-term memory sharp? And uh, strategies that may help improve your long-term memory include exercising regularly, of course, uh, getting plenty of sleep, and using cognitive training to strengthen your mind. Cognitive training can be anything from playing a musical instrument to doing a crossword puzzle. Some kind of thing that you're working at your brain, basically. Think of it that way. Um, Jeeves, good to see you. Uh, so I just wanted to hit that, but this, these last three questions in, in particular, uh, memory loss, uh, especially later in life. I think yeah. we will uh, d definitely do an episode on that in the near future. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's interesting. And then, of course, I do want to touch on short-term memory and um, what was the other one? Systematic sensory. Mm -hmm. So we'll touch on those two as well. Do you have anything else on the topic at hand tonight, or should we go ahead and wrap up? Um. Only thing I really wanted to say when you're talking about um, oh God, hypnotherapy and stuff, if you are mm -hmm. going to go for that, make sure it's somewhere reputable for a start. Like there are people online claiming to do all this stuff. Just make sure it's somewhere reputable. As with anything, any kind of therapy, anything that is personal to you, anything that will do anything to you or your body make sure they're reputable and as always if you are having therapy of any description and it's not working for you you absolutely have the right to change definitely recommend journaling when it comes to memory uh memory loss things like that my dad has vascular dementia and his memory is declining pretty quickly now um, a good thing to help with memories, uh, as I've found with stuff like this, make little video clips, photos, journaling, things like that. That can help with your memories. Um, trying to take away negative 
not take away, they're never really going to go away, but make it less sore, I guess. Um, focus on the good memories that you had, um, like with the loss of someone, focus on the good things, make a journal, a good, good thing um, I found with loss, scrapbooking and things, putting together good memories, going over the good memories, um, that can help. Um, but yeah, like, and, uh, another thing I just saw that I forgot to mention about improving, um, is multi, uh, avoid multitasking. I thought hmm. that was very interesting. Um, we always think multitasking and getting more done is. I'm terrible. Productive. There's a number of things that I will start and I end up finishing nothing. Sure. Well, I start a million things. playing a role in that. But apparently, it, uh, multitasking helps uh, with memory loss as it divides your attention and can interfere with the memory encoding process. So multitasking yeah. may be productive for the short term, but not for the long term. Mm -hmm. Nice milk bottle. Thanks. <laughs> um, anywho, that was our take on implicit and explicit memories. A viewer requested episode, uh, mm -hmm. again, with all of our viewer requested episodes that we um, uh, go over on the show, please, if we didn't cover something specific uh, about what you requested, hit us up in the Discord. Uh, mm -hmm. That is probably the best place to reach us. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot. Uh, as far as the other ones go, I'm not so uh, much a part of Facebook. I'm not a big part of Instagram, etc. Um, but hit us up on one of our DMs. It's all in our bio link. And uh, definitely join the Discord because we're always on there. Uh, mm -hmm. Let us know if you need more information. Or if you wished we would have gone over something, we can always come back next week and touch on it briefly. Um but with that being said, we'll go ahead and go through some community calendar. First and foremost, our own show. Um, we got to promote that as well. Uh, there it is on the screen for those of you watching the replay on YouTube or are here with us live right now. You can scan that QR code. Our mental health hour special episode is what next week? No, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks away. Um, two weeks to submit those questions. The question form, I can actually probably, yeah, just scan that QR code there. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify or any podcasting site, um, go to the bio link. That's uh, HTTPS colon backslash backslash bio dot link slash TMHH. Um, and it's on there as well. Submit a question to the show. We'll be doing about an hour and a half broadcast. They usually are of Q and A information. Yeah. Um, you guys ask a question, and as long as they're appropriate and within the um, what we deem appropriate for our show, then it makes it onto the show, and we discuss it. Uh, and it it can go longer than an hour and a half. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> yeah. But they're always a lot of fun, and uh, we have a good time with them. You can actually submit questions on Inst 
Instagram as well. I've been putting them on the Instagram story mm -hmm. so that you can either directly click the um, submit a question to the Google or you can send it with Instagram. Bear in mind that it's not anonymous if it comes through Instagram, but I won't say who it's from anyway when I'm reading it out. So only Tim and I will know who it's from. I'm not going to say who it's from, regardless of whether I know who you are or not. That's right. It's, it's completely anonymous. And um, mm -hmm. we've done three of these episodes in the past, and they've all come off great. Um, yeah. Again, Catalyst, every week we tell you about it. Why don't I see... All of you there, because probably it's 11 o'clock where I'm at and 3 o'clock in the morning where Gemma is. But uh, I stay up for it. I'm up anyway with Penelope uh, Catalyst with Jim in Chicagoland over on his channel. He's a great supporter of our show here, and we love to send you over his way as well. He's another great mental health-related stream. Um, in my opinion, it's mental health-related. Uh Join the uh, join the fun. Join, sit by a fire pit or and or candle, weather dependent. Uh, you might have to move it inside by a candle, but that's how it started uh, by the candle. Uh, and then just relax and unwind and talk amongst all of ourselves uh, about whether he has a specific topic or we just free flowing. Uh, again, uh, that's Catalyst with Jim in Chicagoland. His handle is there, and uh, that's every Wednesday night in his fifth year. Fifth year, we should say. Array of Sunshine 21 does a great stream as well. I was just on his stream last night uh, and listening to some great positive stories, positive vibes. We highly recommend him. Another longtime supporter of our show here. Um, of course, Beardo and Weirdo are back from their hiatus. Uh, and we already mentioned our uh, live Q&A. Uh, Eric J. Gaming is also there in chat. Um, we interviewed him on episode 41, I believe, with anxiety. Um, and then last but not least, our favorite bunny lady, Ella, the bunny mom, is in chat today with us. Mm -hmm. so, as we tell you every week, please go to www.mybunnyvalentine.com. Use the promo code FIREDUDE15 to save 15% off your purchases. Um, they have great, uh, Ella has great uh, merchandise there. You got electronics, you got everything from uh, you mm -hmm. know, apparel items, some, um, why can't I think of the word I'm trying to think of? Fashion? fashion? Yeah, fashion, jewelry, hats. Jewelry, exactly. All that good stuff. Everything bunny. To help out the bunnies. It is her, mm -hmm. Ella's mission to rescue every bunny rabbit in the world. So help her out with that and catch her streaming late nights on Twitch. Late nights, like after Catalyst Late, um, where she uh, strums on her ukulele and guitar and sings us some tunes. Um, but that is everything we have. And thank you guys for being here for episode number 62. That's 62 weeks of the Mental Health Hour, which is well over a year now that we've been doing this. And we're grateful to still have a following and uh, that you guys come back every week. It's awesome. Really. Yeah, is. definitely. So next week, we'll see you here. Same time, same place. 
and we'll have another great topic to discuss. And then the following week after that, we'll do our live Q&A, number four. All right, guys, we will see you next week. And thanks again for all the subs, bits, likes, follow, shares, etc., etc. See you guys. Bye.